This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The police pull up to your home while chasing a suspect. They accidentally shoot your 10-year-old child playing in your front yard while firing at your dog, a dog that you are observing to be calm and unprovoked, yet they deem vicious. This happens in full view of your family and friends, potentially traumatizing them forevermore. Everyone survives, but you are unable to seek compensation through litigation. Beyond that, the officer who shot your child while firing at your dog continues to wield a gun. This officer will never be punished. This officer will never be held accountable. This officer will never be made to improve their high-stress critical thinking skills or situational analysis techniques or even additional target practice. Your child's bullet wound and your family's trauma is simply collateral damage. You get nothing. This reimagined story is based on a real one that took place in Douglas, Georgia in 2014. However, the outcome was not reimagined. The outcome is very real, all too often, and the justification for it is called qualified immunity. The legal doctrine known as qualified immunity is a police-friendly doctrine that makes it difficult to sue police for serious misconduct. Calls for the court to weigh in on qualified immunity have grown amid nationwide protests for law enforcement and policing changes that followed the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis police custody. It is meant to protect police from unforeseeable changes in the law, as well as gray areas. Civilians, however, are afforded no such luxury. Officers can be held responsible only for violations of clearly and well-established laws, and they are afforded protection when they did not have advance notice that their conduct would be unconstitutional. This doctrine is meant to protect those officers who might make a mistake while protecting and serving. The problem is that many people believe that it is often used to shield police misconduct or negligence from consequences. To discuss this further, I have today's guest, 
the man who reintroduced the Ending Qualified Immunity Act, and the Democratic U.S. Senator from Massachusetts, Senator Edward J. Markey, with us. This is Our Daily Story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Welcome to the show, Senator Markey. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. Great to be with you. Absolutely. So let's start here. Explain qualified immunity and what its purpose is. Well, qualified immunity is a doctrine. It's actually a doctrine that was created not by statute, not by the Congress, but a doctrine created by uh, judges interpreting the law that says that a state uh, and uh, federal law enforcement officers uh, can be held personally liable if they if they commit a wrongdoing, such as an act of police brutality while on the job. And the courts have interpreted that in a way that makes it very difficult, if not impossible, for a family to sue a law enforcement officer who has harmed their family member. And as we know, people of color are disproportionately the victims of excessive force and police brutality. Yes. Black men black men are two and a half times more likely to be killed by law enforcement over their lifetime than yes. white men. So qualified immunity pretty much says that, uh, that the police officer who has killed or injured uh, an individual doesn't really have to worry uh, that they can be sued civilly uh, in order to get damages uh, from that police officer and their family in order to compensate the family of the injured man in most instances and man of color in almost every instance. Understood. Now, you recently reintroduced the Ending Qualified Immunity Act. Explain the Ending Qualified Immunity Act and what's next for it. What I did with, by the way, Congresswoman uh, Ayanna Presley yes. uh, in this legislation is that uh, what it says is that um, we repeal that doctrine um, because our justice system is failing to hold accountable law enforcement officers who engage in, uh, in police brutality and kill black and brown uh, Americans. So I recognize my privilege as a white man. The obstacles I had to overcome growing up blue collar are starkly different uh, than those who are black or Latino. And uh, and I also know that, and this number is absolutely unbelievable, that one in 1,000 um, black men in America will be killed by a police officer. One out of every 1,000 African-American men in our country will be killed by a police officer. So I know that that's not the case for me, even though my father was a milkman, but I'm white. So that statistic just doesn't hold across racial lines. And so we can see that there is a real problem here. And the bottom line is that there will be no true justice until there is racial justice. And there is no racial justice until we end qualified immunity so that those black and brown families can sue the police officer civilly. Mm. Now, what's next for the Ending Qualified Immunity Act? Well, Congresswoman Presley and I continue to work to advance this um, this agenda. Uh, it's, it's in a very um, problematic 
political environment. Uh, we can actually see that with the confirmation hearing for Kentanji Brown Jackson. We can sure. see how sexist and racist uh, the uh, questions were. Uh, we can see how difficult it's been to uh, pass any voting rights protections. But we have to continue uh, to fight because um, time and time again, Republicans continuously block proposals and attempts for criminal justice reform uh, being brought to the floor of the Congress, which is another reason why we have to abolish the filibuster, by the way. Sure, uh, I saw you. Cory Booker, Cory Booker engaged in good faith negotiations with uh, Senator Scott from South Carolina for all of last year. And ultimately, uh, it just uh, collapsed. Uh, and we need to just say, ultimately, getting 10 Republicans to sign on to the kinds of fundamental uh, criminal justice reform, which we need in this country, fundamental voting rights reform that we need in this country is impossible. And we have to appeal, repeal the filibuster so that we can just use 50 votes to make these changes and have uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris come up from the White House and break the tie so that with a 51 to 50 vote, uh, we pass these fundamental protections, especially for black and brown families in our country. Absolutely. And I, I applaud your your work toward that end. I've, I've been a uh doing my research and following your work toward abolishing the filibuster and bringing awareness to why it needs to be abolished. And so, um, well done, sir. Uh, now, moving on, what are some key differences, if any, between the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and the Ending Qualified Immunity Act? One is broader okay. in terms of the overhaul that we need in our uh, criminal justice uh, system. The um, the qualified immunity language is specific uh, and just deals with that one issue, uh, whereas uh, the bigger bill includes a whole range of, uh, of protections which uh, we need to, uh, to implement um, to ensure that the, there's an overhaul of the criminal justice system in our country. Sure. Okay. Now you kind of touched on this a bit, but um, I still want to ask: Why have there been, in your opinion, calls from activists in recent years to end qualified immunity? Well, because it's wrong. It, it's it's an historic injustice. It's been um, created by judges, not by the um, not by the Congress. Uh, back uh, after the Civil War, a, the law was passed, which uh, created a right to sue uh, if there was a violation of civil rights. Uh, and that was very clear. And it was part of the, the Reconstruction era uh, right after the Civil War, uh, when real justice for African-Americans was at the forefront. But unfortunately, in uh, 1967, uh, in a federal uh, court decision, uh, they basically modified it in a way that makes it fundamentally impossible to uh, to sue, and so it got it came to the forefront because of George Floyd, uh, because of the Taylor case, because of the um, the Aubrey case, because of case after case that um, that the whole world focused upon, 
and it became clear that something was wrong when someone like Officer Chauvin, you know, could be protected uh, uh, with qualified immunity, you know, from his actions. Yeah, maybe the maybe the city of Minneapolis would would pay, uh, but what about the individual police officer? And so that became a uh, you know a perfect example of how important it was to repeal qualified immunity so that there would be no doubt in the mind of a family of someone who lost a loved one killed um, by a, a police officer that they would be able to have the reparations for their family uh, which they needed and that it came directly from the, the police officer and their family sure now you mentioned that there's a problematic political environment uh, right now that makes it difficult to get this passed. Um, and there have been arguments suggesting that officers should carry personal insurance policies, uh, similar to doctors with malpractice insurance. The idea there is that officers could face higher premiums or even become uninsurable if they're violating their oaths. Could this work in place of qualified immunity as sort of a compromise? Or if not, are there other things, other ideas that you feel could work in place? Well, in Colorado, um, they have largely repealed qualified immunity. Okay. And they've created a formula which, um, which works, uh, but it doesn't um, inoculate the police officer from liability. Okay. And I think that we need to ensure uh, that we do that in all 49 states and at the federal level as well. So if Colorado can do it, every other state can do it, too. The federal government should be able to do it. Good, good. So there's a working model, essentially. That's right. There is a working model in Colorado right now. OK. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Democratic U.S. Senator from Massachusetts, Senator Edward J. Markey, is with us today discussing qualified immunity. Now, a pro-qualified immunity argument suggests that it's necessary for officers to carry out their jobs, to make split-second decisions that often save lives rather than end them. And without qualified immunity, these officers would be open to lawsuits or they would otherwise be hesitant you know, to protect folks. That sort of thing. Do you believe that that is also a valid argument? No, I don't think it, it is necessary. And we can see what the results of that qualified immunity are in real life, because we know that people of color are disproportionately victims of police brutality. Mm-hmm. And we know that disproportionately police officers in America are white and they're white men. So Black men in the country are two and a half times more likely to be killed by law enforcement over their lifetimes than white men. And as I said earlier, over the course of their lives, about one in every 1,000 black men can't expect to be killed by the police. So it's a it's a judge-made doctrine. Um, police officers are getting away with murder of black and brown people because of an interpretation and, uh, and we just can't allow it to continue. We need more accountability built into the system. Uh, we need those police officers uh, to uh, take that last split second to think again uh, that this is a black person, uh, that maybe I'm moving too uh, rapidly. Maybe I'm making assumptions here uh, that I would never make about uh, a white uh, man. And so uh, we need to build in that extra second or two uh, so that we don't just uh, exist in a world where the police officer thinks that they can commit the act and then know that ultimately they won't be liable uh, because of qualified immunity. We just can't allow that kind of a culture to continue to exist in our country. Well said. Well said. Now, what are some of the things that we as everyday citizens can do to voice our concerns about qualified immunity? Uh, well, again, I think that the voices of, uh, of everyone uh, have to be heard. And I do believe that the confirmation of Kentanji Brown Jackson uh, has once again focused 
our country's attention on the absolute control of the Republican Party uh, by by forces uh, that allow for the worst angels of our country's nature to have a platform. And that's in the United States Senate, where there's a woman who is brilliant and qualified and wise, and yet they treat her uh, with a level of disrespect that reflects the level of disrespect which is paid um, to minorities all across our country every single day. And so we need to take this moment to reflect upon the the soul of our country and to ensure um, that we don't forget qualified immunity, we don't forget these voting rights issues, uh, and that uh, and and that we resolve. Uh, that all of us who care about these issues will remain up on our feet and and fighting for uh, the rights for everyone, but especially those most vulnerable in our society. So that is what people can do. And I think actually the more that people uh, can through Twitter, emails, TikTok, just be inundating the United States Senate. Um, uh, demanding that Kentanji um, Brown Jackson be confirmed mm. uh, is a good way uh, to keep the activating fluid uh, on this movement to break down the barriers of racism and discrimination that still exists within our society. I like that. I like that. Well, obviously, you are fighting the good fight. Uh, I, I'm such a fan of your work. And uh, there there may be people listening today who want to plug in with all the work that you're doing. How can folks keep in contact or how can how can we keep up with what you're doing? Uh, well, if they um, if they uh, if they want, they can just uh, uh, call my uh, Senate office or they can um, communicate uh, with with me on my, you know, on my uh, Twitter account or uh, uh, on or any of the other social media sites which we have. So, you know, love to hear from anyone and everyone who is out there. Uh, this is a long twilight struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've come a long way. The problem is that Donald Trump has put the activating fluid on all of those elements in our society uh, that Richard Nixon uh, sought to unleash uh, with his um, 1968 campaign. And all that uh, Trump has done is say, we're going to make America great again by making America hate again. And that is something that each and every one of us has a responsibility to fight and uh, and uh, and that means every day on every one of these issues, because this party, the Republican Party, is now a wholly owned subsidiary of Donald Trump. Uh, and they're afraid to move off of that message uh, of hate that he injected beginning in 2016 into our political system. And so generationally, this is the 60s all over again. And everyone has to stand up and play their role uh, in fighting back. Uh, so that it's clear that there is a political price that people will pay if they engage in this kind of um, racist activity. Uh, and there's a lot of dog whistling that goes on, but there's also actually a lot of, of action 
uh, that the Republican Party is engaging in that has the intent of undermining the rights of black and brown citizens in our country. And we have to take this as our moment to stand up and fight. So I thank you and I thank all of your listeners uh, for your passion about these issues. Uh, but just know that I'm there as a partner with you. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we're not going to lose. We're going we're gonna to turn this election into a referendum. We have to make sure in Georgia, especially, with Raphael Warnock, uh, that uh, they don't—they're not successful. They're going—they're changing the voting laws. They're—they're they're trying to undermine uh, his ability to get reelected. Uh, uh, they're trying to make it impossible for Stacey Abrams to become the governor. I think if there's one thing everyone can do, it's to focus on Georgia. It's all about Georgia. They are terrified with the thought that Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams can win statewide in Georgia because it says the better angels of our nation's uh, angels uh, are going to manifest themselves first in Georgia and then state after state and below the Mason-Dixon line. So that would be what I would say as my one recommendation, whatever you can do, help in Georgia in 2022. Well, uh, Senator, we appreciate your insight and your time today. Once again, our guest is Senator Edward J. Markey, the Democratic U.S. Senator from Massachusetts. With great power comes great responsibility. The saying holds true for nearly every station in life. It is meant to illuminate the symbiotic relationship between authority and duty. Because police officers carry an instrument with the sole purpose of ending lives, the responsibility that comes with it cannot be circumvented. Qualified immunity, the gaping loophole originally meant to protect officers from legal action when carrying out the lawful, purposeful, and honorable execution of their duties, has ultimately been used countless times to avoid consequences for not heeding their responsibility. At present, an officer can kill, even accidentally, and not only continue to live his or her life, but also keep their job and potentially do it over and over again, scot-free. We all like to think that this could never really happen, but the truth is it happens more frequently than we know, especially in cases without a big media profile. Cases that don't make their way to shows like this. So for all those who have stories we haven't been able to cover, I will say it on your behalf. It's time to end qualified immunity. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford. 
a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.